This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Rob Snow. I swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. Brian Lilly, a very patriotic Brian Lilly, and for Rob Snow today. And I want to continue talking about the head-scratching decision of Immigration Minister John McCallum and Prime Minister Trudeau's merry band of liberals. Their decision to give Zachariah Amara his citizenship back. Will he be asked to swear allegiance to Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors? Will he be asked to faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill his duties as a Canadian citizen? The Liberals' C-6 is a bill that is wrought with folly. It is a bill that was, like so many things the Liberals promised, designed to be a wedge issue, a bill that was designed to win the election, but not one that was designed to look after the best interests of Canada. Zachariah Amara is the man that will get his citizenship back, despite being a, a dual national who plotted against Canada, who plotted to attack Parliament. A dual national who thought it would be a great idea to blow up the CN Tower, or the Toronto Stock Exchange, or CBC headquarters, or to behead the Prime Minister. This man will now get his citizenship back, and Canada will no longer seek to revoke the citizenship of terrorists. Welcome to the new Canada. We took a lot of phone calls on this yesterday. At 10.30, we'll jump, be joined by Stuart Bell of the National Post, who's been following the terrorism file better than anyone else in the media for a very long time. We'll talk to him about this issue. We'll also get Lowell Green's full reaction to it in a mere few moments. But I want to point out that when you become a citizen of Canada, you must swear an oath, the oath you just heard me read. When you become a citizen of Canada, you pledge allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. A part of the reason I'm bringing this up is that the progressives out there who defend revoking citizenship from war criminals and Nazis and people that engage in terrorism before they come to Canada, they say, well, they lied on their application. That's why they can be, have their citizenship revoked. But we can't revoke citizenship from terrorists. It's a pile of malarkey. You know that. I know that. 84% of Canadians know that. But apparently... Not liberals, not progressives, who are defending this as saying, well, those guys lied on their application. What about lying in your oath? 
What about going back on the oath that you solemnly swore? Let me read it to you again. I swear or affirm that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. If you take up arms against Canada, you have gone back on that oath. You have negated your duties. You have gone back on your oath to faithfully observe the laws of Canada. Taking up arms against Canada or committing a terrorist act against this country, those are not mere crimes in line with robbing a bank. So don't listen to the Liberals when they say that. When they say, we have a criminal justice system. This is the equivalent of high treason. They should be charged with that. But no government has the cojones to charge anyone with treason these days. The Conservatives brought this forward. And you have heard in media report after media report, including on this station, everyone says the Conservative bill was controversial. And yet I told you about the poll yesterday. Just shy of 1,500 Canadians polled nationally, coast to coast to coast. And 84% said they supported it. That cuts across all party lines. The controversial part isn't what the Conservatives proposed. It's what the Liberals proposed yesterday. And it's time to fight back. I'm Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. Lowell Green will join us in just a few moments. I'll try and calm down by then. Let Lowell get revved up. In the meantime, though, let's check in on the BNN desk with Michael Kane. Now back to Rob Snow on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow. Joined, of course, at this hour by Lowell Green. Lowell, I have to ask you, do you swear that you will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II? I already have. Yeah? Well, no, I was born in the United States. It was a medical experiment at the University of Michigan that my father claims failed. So as a a consequence, uh, I had to become a sworn-in Canadian citizen. So... Uh, I have uh, sworn all the above. My parents had to swear that when they came to Canada. Yeah. And the people like Zachariah Amara and others had to swear that when they became Canadian citizens. Very true. But one of the things that, that you didn't mention, uh, you obviously didn't have time, is the fact that not only did Zach Amara and 17 others in Toronto, most of them, by the way, middle class or upper middle class, so yeah. poverty had nothing to do with this, um, not only did they dream of this and plot this, but they actively set out to do it. As you know, they were caught when they tried when they tried to acquire uh, some of the components necessary they, for bombs. They, they had detonators already, they had, and they were they testing their own detonators, and yeah. they were in the middle of buying the, I, I believe it was a fertilizer component. That's correct, yeah. To set the, off the, the bomb. That's correct. Now, the one of the things, too, that, that we've got to remember is that, you can have your Canadian citizenship stripped away from you 
if you are found guilty of fraud. In other words, if you come into this country and uh, you lie during this ceremony that we're talking about, you could have your Canadian citizenship removed. Well, hold, which means hold, hold on a second, Lowell. No, 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 because I need to correct you there. Yeah. The revocation, because I asked about this yesterday, and I went to the Citizenship Act, and I read it off on air. And it's actually, yes, fraud is part of it, but only if you've done things like be involved in terrorism, war crimes, and so on. So you're not losing it for the fraud. You're losing it for the war crimes, but the liberals just keep making it as if, well, you lied on an application, which is the worst crime of a progressive is filling out a form wrong. Well, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, is that you can lose your citizenship if you're guilty of fraud, but not if uh, you're a terrorist. In other words, you could go out and actually behead the prime minister, blow up the parliament buildings, blow up the CBC, uh, but not lose your Canadian citizenship. But by God, if you lied about any of that, then you might lose your citizenship. It's I mean, a bizarre it makes system. No sense. It, it makes no sense. And you know what? You know what? Brian? Everybody knows it. Everybody knows that this is nothing more than the Liberals once again trying to refute something that Stephen Harper did. I mean, that's that's. It seems to well, me what the agenda is all about. Eighty-four percent. I read off the 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 top line number of the poll that we commissioned. And yep. that, that was a poll the Rebel commissioned in the middle of the election. It was taken October, I believe, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Right. Middle of the election campaign. This is being debated everywhere. And we asked Canadians. And every story kept saying, the Conservatives' controversial bill, because it seems like the 15% that are opp- or 16% who are opposed to the bill, it seems like they're all in the media business. And they're saying, no, this is awful, it's awful. In the middle of the deluge of being told how awful this law was, Eighty-four percent of Canadians said, "Actually, we kind of agree with it." Yeah, but it was it was used during the campaign uh, by the by the Liberals and by the left by the left wing media to sort of once again portray Harper and the Conservatives as mean, anti-immigrant, discriminatory, racist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all of all of the all of those. Uh, but. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm sure that even today, if a poll were taken, the majority of Canadians would say, "Wait a minute, this guy's Amara, uh, uh, Amara. He should he should lose his Canadian citizenship. He has he has not earned the right to remain a Canadian citizen. He's a citizen of another country." But what the heck? I mean, <laughs> the, the Liberals are in power. They're going to be in power for a long time, pretty well right across the country. And what can you do other than scream, yell, and, uh, and you know, dance up and down? What else can you do, Brian? Well, it's, uh, it's difficult, but I think that I, I, I think it is time to fight back. I mean, I'm going to dust off the, uh, oh, the petition so, yeah. that we did. Um, I, I believe it's at kickthemout.ca. I'll, I'll confirm that in a second, because I think most Canadians are going to be opposed to this. And oh, this is, these are the types of moves that when governments do them, we, we've talked about why the public turns to someone like Donald Trump. Right. Because they're just fed up with no one taking action on the border and yep. and they hear they hear the platitudes, they hear the platitudes and then there's no action. You get things like this as well, which goes so against what all political stripes are for that, that eventually people say, well, we've got to go to the guy that's on the extreme because otherwise we just get you know, mamby pamby. Terrorists have rights, but no responsibilities. Yeah. Talk, talking about responsibility. Let's let's talk for a little bit, please about yesterday's budget by the Kathleen Wynne government. You know, uh, do you, you have children. How many children do you have, Brian? Four. I, Four I, I need to start giving away money so that I can get them free education. 
Well, I have I have three grandchildren, and you know, I lay in bed last night, sort of trying to factor in everything that we heard yesterday, and of course that we've experienced for some time. And I have to ask myself, and I hope others do as well. What what sort of what sort of a world? What sort of a country are we creating for our children and our grandchildren? I mean, we're just heaping debt upon debt upon debt. Right right now, and I, I dealt with this a couple of days ago. Right now, today, uh, this day, we are spending about one billion dollars every single day in interest. I'm sorry, a billion dollars a week in interest. Yeah, that's that's a billion dollars a week being sucked out of the Canadian taxpayer. I'm talking provincial and federal here. A billion dollars a week in interest. A good deal of that money going out of the country. Okay, that's today. But but Brian, what about tomorrow? What what sort of a what sort of a of a debt are we going to have when when my grandchildren are beginning to pay tax or your children begin to pay tax? Can I mean you, you know you know that as soon as your grandchildren are born, they have twenty one thousand dollars worth of debt, Ontario debt alone. Never mind the federal debt. But you know, just think of it in more practical terms. When when I was first had my children, you know, we're we're talking thirty, forty, fifty years ago. Um, it, it, most most households had one earner, right? Mm-hmm. This was where the man, he, he earned the bacon and the woman stayed in the home and cooked. I, mean, I don't want to comment whether it was right or wrong. That's the way life was. But families lived, could, families could live off of that. Yeah, we lived a pretty good life doing that. Today, in order to live essentially the same kind of lifestyle, you have to have two income earners and it's becoming more and more difficult. So what's going to happen tomorrow? At some point, Brian, at some point, we've got to stop spending this money. We've got to stop heaping all of this debt on the shoulders of our children and grandchildren. It, it, for, okay, you can say, well, our grandchildren can then load the debt on their grandchildren. Fine, <laughs> but in the interim, wait a minute, but on the interim, during the, the, the rest of the time, we've got to pay the interest on it. That's money that's, as I say, one, I want to pound this into people's heads. Today, ladies and gentlemen, taxpayers, we are pouring out about one billion dollars every single week 52 weeks one billion dollars a week and in interest much of it going to the chinese who owe many of our bonds right? well, and, Lord, and that money is more more than every single government expenditure at the provincial level other than health care and education when you consider that the province funds the roads and the bridges and all of these other things we're spending more on interest on the debt not even touching the debt interest on the debt we're spending more on that than on fixing the roads. But, but, Brian, the point I'm making, okay, we seem to think we can handle this today. We're going to have, you know, the, we've got Trudeau talking about leaping and or heaping another $25 billion a year, you know, which means another $100 billion in four years. We know most of us seem to think, oh, we can handle that. Okay, maybe we can handle it today. But what about 10 years from now? What about if we continue doing this? I mean, at what point? At what point... Does the whole thing collapse? I think we're getting bloody close to that. When interest rates go up. Well, that certainly isn't going to help. You you remember 18% interest rates. We don't need to go that high, Lowell, for this to become an emergency. All I'm saying is, look, folks, you know, it's all very well. We can pile this debt on, but do you really think that your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, should have to pay your bills? Because that's what we're doing, folks. And in the meantime... We got to pay the interest on those bills, whether you like it or not, and that's money not available. You know, it's not available for more windmills. It's not available for health care. <laughs> it's not available for education. It's just gone. Much of it outside the country. Thank you. 
Thanks for talking, Lowell. We'll chat Good next morning. week. Enjoy Good the morning. weekend in Bahamas. Yeah. Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow. I'm going to ignore that it's minus 8,000 while Lowell sunbathes. Back in moments, Stuart Bell from National Post coming up. I'm not sure what we got here. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. I'm feeling patriotic despite the citizenship bill, so I'm uh, playing a lot of CanCon today. Stuart Bell joins me now. Stuart is a writer with the National Post. He follows the terrorism file better than anyone I know in Canadian media. And yesterday was acutely tuned in to the announcement on the citizenship bill. Stuart, thanks for joining me. Good morning. You, um, I want to get into a little bit of um, the other items in the bill because you tweaked to them very quickly and we're tweeting them out while others are just still figuring out about the um, giving citizenship back for terrorists. But you, um, you spoke with, uh, with officials in the department yesterday and they told me something that is a little disturbing to me about how quickly these guys get their citizenship back once the bill passes. Yeah, well, I mean, I was interested in the the mechanics of how this is going to work, because uh, although uh, Minister McCallum really didn't uh, address this issue at his news conference, um, effectively what it meant, what what the Liberal Bill meant, was that um, the one person who'd had his citizenship stripped uh, for terrorism, Zach Amara, would be getting it back. So, uh, you know, I just didn't know, I mean, how does that work? But I guess uh, what the officials explained was that basically when the um, when C6 gets royal assent, um, at that moment, Zachary Amara's citizenship will be uh, restored. Now, I was opened the show by reading off the um, the oath of allegiance that Canadians have to swear or anyone has to swear when they become a Canadian citizen. Zachariah Amara already swore this oath, that he would pledge, be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill his duties as a Canadian citizen. He broke that, in my view, when he took up arms against Canada, did it, you know, was involved in a terrorist plot trying to blow up major institutions in the country. He won't have to swear that again. Well, I mean, that's a good point because uh, Minister McCallum raised this issue at the news conference yesterday because he was trying to differentiate between what he called immigration fraud and and those who'd lost their citizenship for terrorism. And in his view, I think he used the example of a, a Nazi war criminal who came to Canada pretending to be a Roman Catholic priest. That was yeah. the example that he came up with. And he said because that person had been deceptive uh, – upon immigrating and hadn't been hadn't admitted his past as a Nazi that that was fraud and it was okay to take that person's um, citizenship away. Um, so the, the difficulty is that there are, as a matter of fact, and have been people who acquire Canadian citizenship not because they want to become Canadians but, but because they want to abuse their Canadian citizenship and passports to commit acts of terrorism and to travel, for example, for terrorist purposes. So is that not fraudulence as well? Uh, well, Um, I don't know if it applies to Amara itself. I mean, he, to be frank, in Amara's case, he 
he, his radicalization, I think, did begin before he arrived, but most of it uh, occurred after he got here. But again, uh, it's a matter of, uh, as you explained, you know, holding up the principles. But you, you have covered many of these cases. More than 50 people have been stripped of their citizenship since 1977, I believe is the, the date most people reference. More than 50. Um, the fact is, I, I, because I'm skeptical and I don't believe politicians when they speak, I go to the source documents. And the Citizenship Act says that you can, if you commit fraud in relation to uh, facts described in sections 34, 35, or 37 of the Immigration Act, then you can have it stripped. So I said, okay, what are those conditions? And section 35 is committing an act outside of Canada that constitutes an offense referred to in the Crimes Against Humanity and War Crimes Act or being a senior official in a government that engages in terrorism, systematic or gross human rights violations, and so on. So you're not actually losing it for fraud like McCallum would have us believe. It's because you lied that you're a terrorist. You you yeah. have to have done those things beforehand, sure. but now being a terrorist that commits an act against Canada, you're not going to lose it. Yeah, and I mean, that hasn't really happened uh, in the case of terrorism before and under those provisions. We've had several people lose their citizenship because they were Nazi war criminals who, who came to Canada and concealed their past. Uh, it hasn't been used more broadly than that. I mean, people use lose their citizenship all the time for um, for defrauding, uh, for uh, misstating how long they've actually there, been in Canada. It's quite common, actually. Yeah, there, there was a, um, a, a bulk revoke, revocation for people that had nothing to do with war crimes and so on because they weren't living in Canada. It was one of these, um, uh, one of these scams, I believe out of Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken, where they, they would just fill in applications and claim people were here, and I think there were 3,000 revoked at once because they were just paying a consultant to make it look like they lived in Canada. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you could draw a distinction between people who come to Canada fraudulently by misrepresenting themselves and those who come to Canada and then embark on, uh, on criminal activities separate from that. I mean, that's where the liberals are drawing the distinction. The difficulty, as I say, is people who actually acquire citizenship not to become Canadians, but in order to engage in terrorism. And have and you, that have you really documented cases like account. that? Well, I mean, some of there's at least one um, in that group that were put on notice last year that they were to have their citizenship revoked, who I believe the same year that he got his citizenship left for Afghanistan to uh, to train and return to uh, to plan bombings in Canada for which he was convicted. So, you know, I don't know specifically if he did uh, get a passport because he wanted to do that, but the timing is certainly suspicious. A couple of the other changes that um, you were tweeting out is the, the, the bills being announced. I, I was on air screaming at my television and uh, at the listeners. Uh, but you were tweeting out actual facts from the bill. You don't have to declare that you plan on living in Canada anymore when you apply to become a citizen anymore. Well, that was another one of the changes uh, of C-24 brought in last year that uh, you had to, when you apply for citizenship, you had to declare that you actually intended to reside in Canada once you obtain citizenship. And uh, so that has been stripped out of uh, 
the the Citizenship Act by the new the new Liberal Bill. You don't have to declare your intent to reside and, in Canada. And the, the time that you have to live in Canada, uh, it, I forget what it used to be, but I think it was the equivalent of three out of the last four years you had to have resided in Canada. And you could leave for, you know, two months at a time and come back as long as it was, I believe, cumulatively three out of four years. And they're changing that as well. The It was three out of four. The new law last year made it four. And now the Liberals are returning it to three. So okay. now it's it's three years of residency in Canada to obtain citizenship. So they're bringing it back to... Where was it? You know, the Conservatives had embarked on this um, attempt, in their view, or the way they portrayed it, to uh, increase the value of citizenship. They um, they seemed to feel that it was just too easy to become a citizen. They wanted to make it more challenging, and they felt that by doing so would increase the value of citizenship. The Liberals are going in the other direction, clearly, and um, they have a different philosophy that uh, McCallum talked about in terms of making it easy for people to become citizens and then become fully engaged. Well, or to go back and live in Lebanon and wait for another cruise ship to rescue them when the war comes next. Well, and that's uh, that's among the issues that uh, the bill last year was trying to deal with. There were a lot of Canadians that were living here long enough to get uh, the passport, then going back to their country of origin, but keeping the passport as kind of a safety valve that uh, should things go wrong in Lebanon or wherever. And Hong Kong in the that, late 80s, uh, that was a big thing as well. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right, Stuart, thanks for uh, for joining us today and uh, walking us through some of the other changes uh, in the bill. And uh, thanks for all you do at National Post, keeping an eye on the terrorist file. Well, thanks, Brian. All right. Stuart Bell is, uh, well, the writer to follow if you want to know what's happening on the terrorist front on uh, the security file writes for the National Post joining us from Toronto. We'll get to your calls on this and other issues. People are already calling in on the budget here in Ontario. Is that an act of terror? Not calling, but the budget. Financial, maybe. If you didn't recognize the guitar lick, you recognize the voice. Tom Cochran. It's an all-can-con day here as Brian Lilly from the Rebel.media fills in for Rob Snow. Because I'm feeling patriotic. Despite what the liberals are trying to do to our citizenship act, gutting it, devaluing Canadian citizenship, I'm still feeling patriotic. So can-con all day. Looking for your calls on this, 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. I know we talked about it yesterday, but I had to read the Oath of Allegiance off the beginning. Also, taking your calls on the Ontario budget. Lowell raised some great issues there in terms of what we will owe or what our children will owe because of bad decisions we're making today. Should my teenagers really owe $21,000 because of bad choices we're making now? 
And they haven't even worked a day in their life yet. They're too young. And they're going to, they owe $21,000 and rising. Anne in Ottawa, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Bilo. Hello, Hello, Anne. Oh, hi there. Um, you know, I, I don't know where to start with this Ontario budget. You know, but you know, but it's, it's free. It's all free. You know what? It's nothing is free, and somebody's going to end up paying for that. But what I find interesting is here the Liberals consider you a poor family if your income is under fifty thousand. So how come they have the rebate for hydro if you make over $28,000? You don't even qualify for it. So apparently you're rich if you're over 28000 I I just find that really quite interesting. And, I, I mean, you know what? The, the, just... average, uh, the average Canadian working full-time makes just a little, little under $50,000. I always try and make sure people remember that. It's about 47000 according to Stats Canada's uh, jobs numbers that come out. You look at pe- that's for people working full time. They make it about an average of forty seven thousand dollars a year. But the other thing is you give somebody something free and they don't value it. I mean, like for like, you know, because it's liberals putting this out, I would I would think there's absolutely no stipulations on it. And I heard someone calling this morning. I thought it was brilliant. OK, you get the rebate back if you pass. You don't get to just go and uh, charge the taxpayer six or I don't even know what a year of university is anymore. My daughter's uh, gone, been out for about five years, but it used to be about six thousand. So it's got to be up around seven or eight thousand, even just to go to Carleton. But I mean, that's crazy. First of all, you should have to, I think, pass to get the money back. I, I think absolutely because, okay, first of all. Get yourself student loans, fine, go through, and then if you pass, then you get it back. But otherwise, there's no incentive. They'll just keep going back and taking, like, different topics. But the other thing is... But in that, that's part of the problem with free tuition, Anne. Well, is it if, is. When you look at places that have done this, like Ireland, people will say, oh, yeah, but there's a great economic benefit. And there may be. But there's also a great number of people that just go and are permanent students and they study things that will not lead to a job and how many philosopher uh, jobs are there there's not and i'm not picking on people that study philosophy it can be give you a good grounding for making arguments it's great training uh for things like the law but you can't just have a master's in philosophy and hope to obtain a job and and if you get it for free you're going to keep going i know that's but that's that's just ridiculous i mean you know when my daughter went to university, I was even a single mother because I was separated at the time, and my ex-husband and I put money into an RESP for her so she could go. So there, there's me sacrificing my own money to save it for her. Unfortunately, there was a good government program at the time that they would top it up for you. But, I'm, I mean, just giving someone something free it, it, and then making those same darn kids, they're going to have to pay for it years from now. But I, I just find it interesting, the liberals limits on, you know, if you make so much money as a senior, you get dickety-doo, but if you get 50000 you get free education. What? Like, okay, then you should say seniors that that have less than 50, they should be getting those other benefits. Like, you shouldn't have all these different scales. It's not fair. I, and, I, I don't know how they arrive at those, Anne, but... Well, um... Maybe, maybe. I'm not in favor of the free education, so no. I'd, rather, I'd rather they just did away with that. Thanks for the call. Okay. Guy in Nepean, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. If I can 
Th- this button for line number one is sticky. I think somebody morning, Brian. spilled honey on it. Hello, guy. You're on the show. Hi. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Perfectly adequate. Excellent. Um, that interview with Stuart, that was excellent. He really knows his stuff. And, and I must say, uh, you did a great work on this yesterday. I think his John McCallum's got himself in a serious corner. And this is not why I called. I do want to talk about the Ontario budget very quickly. John McCallum's got himself in a real corner here, especially on that one place in the forum where have you ever been or associated with any terrorist organization or criminal organization? Mm -hmm. As soon as somebody puts no on that and it's found out that they came into Canada uh, and did obviously be involved and obviously the government would have to prove that they were previously involved with it, which again will make the lawyers some money. Um, then basically John's in a corner because uh, I don't know who's giving him his uh, talking points or his policy, but it's obviously a kid in short pants. This is going to make the lawyers a lot of money, Brian. Uh, and, um, well, you, you're you're assuming that they're going to ask them that question. Looking at how John McCallum's handling the refugee file, I'm sure that they will. If they did ask that, they'll do away with it. Quick thoughts well, on the budget, Guy. Okay, quick thoughts on the budget. Christina Blizzard. God love her. Mm-hmm. December 5th. She coined the phrase, so I want to make sure she gets full credit with it. Ontario, grease with snow. <laughs> and, you know, uh, that was a good article. But, you know, when you really look at it, Brian, Anne's point is exactly correct. When you look at the, and that's why I called in, she really stole my thunder. The points on $50,000 combined household income before we get any relief for um, a family it's just, it, it, it's ludicrous. And how they ran the numbers was it'll only cost us this much, but we can announce it as free education, but only this many people are going to get it, much like the electricity benefit program. So they'll taunt that in the next election. We give all the kids free elections. It's all about giving the kids in the social benefit. And it's just, Brian, uh, the fact that our don't health care is in such, sorry? Those kids don't realize they'll be paying it back later. Well, as Lowell said, this is grease with snow, $360 billion. Either the whole thing is going to crash down, as Kathleen Wynne said in an interview uh, on Steve Pakin. I don't know if you caught that. I couldn't believe she said it. No. She says either everything will crash down or we'll end up paying it back. And that was on Tuesday night. So I found that very interesting. So maybe the whole plan is to bring it all down and rebuild it again. And uh, I don't know, Brian. But anyways, I do want to make two points with regards to Stuart's article. You've got National 20 Post. seconds. Go. God love the print media, and I hope people support it. I hope they figure out how to make money on it, because it's guys like that that if we lose in the print media through this disruptive technology of the Internet, we're going to miss. So I hope they figure it out. Good work on Stuart, and good work on you, Brian, and the Rebel. All right. Thanks, Guy. We will be back in a few moments. As Guy said, I'm with the Rebel, Brian Lilly from the Rebel.media. But as of March 7th, host of Beyond the News with Brian Lilly right here at News Talk Radio 580 CFRA. And that show will run Monday to Friday, 7 until 10 p.m. Make sure you tune in for that. Taking your calls on issues related to terrorism, citizenship, and the Ontario budget. If you're on the line, we'll get to you shortly. News at the top of the hour, then back with more. All right, producer Dean redeemed himself with that. He knows I hate Rush. I asked for CanCon today but said no Rush because I hate Rush. But you pick a song that says he's a rebel and a runner. All right. Brian Lilly from The Rebel. 
in for Rob Snow. Talking about a couple of issues this morning and taking your calls on it. Welcome your calls now. 521-TALK, 521-8255 or star 580 on Bell Mobility. Didn't do venting Thursdays yesterday. Maybe because I couldn't stop venting. Hmm. Could do venting Friday. That's correct. Um, let me read off a couple things for you and then we'll get to your calls. This is what Jason Kenney said when he was immigration minister and brought in the changes that would strip people of their citizenship if they were convicted of terrorism or high treason or taking up arms against the country. He said, if you take up arms against your country or plan to do so, and you are convicted in a Canadian court or an equivalent foreign court through your violent disloyalty, you are forfeiting your own citizenship. Liberals don't see it that way. Attack Canada, you're just fine. Let's hug it out. That's what it essentially comes down to. As for the Ontario budget, well, in addition to the free tuition, Kathleen Wynne's trying to find ways to squeeze money from the budget, so she got rid of some tax credits. This government believes the Children's Activity Tax Credit was too preferential for the rich, meaning people that had money to put their kids into activities, getting a tax credit for it. Well, that's no good. You should have no money to put your kids into things, and then they'll give you a tax credit and let you use that money to put your kids in, I guess. But she's also getting rid of the Ontario Home Renovation Tax Credit. Now, I'm not a big fan of boutique tax credits all over the place, but people vote for them, and that's why politicians use them. But The reason something like a home renovation tax credit is actually good for a government is because if it does spur people to do renovations, if they know about it, it is actually a very protectionist measure that is legal. Our trade agreements don't allow us to give preferential treatment to Canadian companies in bidding. But 95% of what we use in home renovations, 95% of the building material and renovation material is made in Canada. Now, that's, that's a couple years old. Maybe it's down to 90%. But that means that you are giving people a tax break for spending money on Canadian goods in Canada or Ontario goods in Ontario. And you're, you are actually using a carrot to spur economic growth. It's not government money. I have to lay out my own money. You just give me a tax break on it. But I've gone down the street to Bob and bought all my hardware from Bob. And I've gone down the street to Molly and bought all my my, uh, wood from there. It's an economic injection in the arm. Liberals don't like that, I guess. Gloria in Ottawa. You're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Hi, good morning. You know what? Vent away as much as you want. They're good vents. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Your thoughts on the citizenship, though? Are you happy with these changes? I am deplored. I'm actually almost speechless because these uh, convicted terrorists, they came to Canada under false pretenses, and they've committed an act of treason and betrayed this country. By not deporting convicted terrorists, Justin Trudeau uh, has made the dangerous decision of putting all Canadians' lives in great danger of being killed because once these convicted terrorists have served their sentence and have, have been let out of prison, there's nothing to stop them from planning further terrorist attacks against innocent Canadians. 
and un- under Trudeau, uh, Canada will become a safe haven for convicted terrorists with dual citizenship. And even England and, and Australia, just to name two country, uh, countries, they deport convicted terrorists to protect their citizens, but not Justin Trudeau. He's more concerned about convicted terrorists being deported than he is about protecting well, Canadian citizens. Gloria, you've got to remember, he's still in the middle of, uh, of fighting to deport a 92-year-old former Nazi. Well, I tell you, Trudeau, uh, Justin Trudeau, he should resign because he's totally irresponsible and he's incapable of running this country. You know, and and I just wish that there was more outrage by by the opposition parties. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, you you heard Michelle Rempel on with me yesterday. Uh, Unfortunately, the NDP supports this, uh, but you heard Michelle Rempel on with me yesterday. She was not happy about this at all, and she says this is not some esoteric discussion about terrorists getting their citizenship back. There's a guy getting it. All right, we've got to run and grab Marie. Thanks for the call, Gloria. Thank you. Marie, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Perfectly adequate for Friday. congratulations on your new show. That'll be starting soon. We're all waiting patiently for it. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Now, there's going to be a couple of people listening to what I'm going to say, so I hope they agree with what I'm going to say, and that's Hobbit and Papa Hobbit. It's a joke, but uh, they listen to your show (laughs) every day. Um, The budget is... it's. It's unbelievable. I, I don't even go there. I'm more concerned this morning with this citizenship, uh, with this fellow. What was his name? Zachariah Man. This is a man that was going to, you know, blow up the uh, Toronto Stock Exchange with his friends or whatever. Then, you know, try to come and cut off the head of a sitting prime minister. Mm-hmm. Do we literally, literally, what do, what do we people have to do to lose their Canadian citizenship? This is absolutely uh, be 92 ridiculous. years old. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I'm not saying that Helmut Oberlander or other you know, people who were engaged in activities with the Nazis should get to stay and should get to keep it. I'm just saying, Marie, I don't know why he must leave the country and must have his citizenship deported, but 30-year-old Amara gets to stay. Exactly. Like, you know what, you, I, I was reading up on this this morning, and it said that this Amara... He hated Canada so bad that he he tore up his passport or, or citizenship something else, and he did something else. Do the liberals did they hate the conservatives that bad that they 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 have to change everything no matter how good or how bad? It just seems that everything the conservative touched, their their whether it was good or bad, it's it's going to go. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a terrible terrible way to run a country. I would and agree. I'm, I'm really really surprised. I mean, Justin Trudeau is very inexperienced, and he's not the one to run this country. But, but I am he, very surprised. He's acting out on his sophomoric, left wing university first year poli sci class worldview, and that's what he's doing. That's Thanks right. for the call, Marie. You're welcome, Brian. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five star five eighty on Bell Mobility. If you want to get on. How do you feel about Kathleen Wynne picking your pocket, spending more of your money? It's one of the many topics we can discuss here. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. Music does the talking, says the things you want to hear. I'm young, I'm wild, I'm free. 
Not sure I qualify as young anymore. But do I have the magic power? Wait for it. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. We have too much fun playing music on this show. You can expect more of that when uh, when we start the my own show, Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. That will be March 7th. Starts at 7 p.m. I didn't say turn the music off. I didn't say, like... There we go. You just keep playing that Triumph. If you've never seen the video of Triumph at the Us Festival from 1983 playing Magic Power Live, you've got to. As I said, you'll be getting more music, more pop culture, but also lots of politics and opinion when I start uh, Beyond the News with Brian Lilly, March 7th, 7 to 10 p.m. Taking your calls, though, on issues related to the Ontario budget, on terrorism, citizenship. Terry's calling in on the issue of the budget. And, and Terry, first, got to ask you, you got the magic power? Well, I think so, Brian. I think so. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, you know, uh, one thing, too, about the uh, about the terrorism thing, you know, he's very keen to yank uh, Zacharias or give him his uh, citizenship. I wonder how generous he'll be with Conrad Black, a uh, you know, true Canadian. Uh, yeah, no, I don't I don't think he'll give give him that back because, uh, think, you know, Jean Chrétien wanted to make sure he never got it. And um, Black renounced his citizenship because Chrétien wouldn't give him permission to sit in the House of Lords. And I guess there was some protocol around that and uh Kretchen's a big backer of trudeau although yeah, I mean, harper deep... should have done it yeah well i think he was afraid but i think there's a deep meanness within a lot of liberals that people don't see but going over to the budget though um there's you know a typical little budget taxes and spending and but if you look at that uh, free tuition uh i i wonder if you did like a real analysis and looked at countries that gave free tuition or the advantages of free tuition versus a growing economy I think you'd find it's an inverse relationship. Countries that have free education have stagnant or declining economies versus countries like China, India, South Korea that, you know, don't have free education, that have booming economies. You can argue which one you'd want to live in, but that's the, the relationship. And I think if you look even at the United States, where do you set up a factory? Do you set it up in Massachusetts or California? Or do you set it up in the South where you get, you know, uh, agreeable government, uh, workforce that's willing to work? Or where all the universities are, and I think it's it's a it's an unsecular to say we're going to do this to improve that because it doesn't work. It does not help the economy having all these people getting useless degrees. Unfortunately, far too many of them are useless, and I know too many people that went to university because they didn't know what else to do, and they thought it was something to do. Now, in the United States, I think they've gone too far in the extreme, and. The university, the, the way their post-secondary education system works, it is becoming unaffordable for most people to go. So if you want to go, even if you want to go to get a useful degree, the the cost-benefit analysis isn't there anymore. And, uh, and and the fact is you can't just always go to a state school because of the, the way their system works. No, no, if you want a job in this area, you've got to go to the prestigious school, and there it's forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. That's too much. But giving it away well, I, for free is, is is going in the opposite direction, the opposite extreme. And I also wonder, too, if this is, again, another way to keep teachers employed. That, <laughs> you know, we'll make it no – and the way they've done it with the, uh, the, you know, the lower school, decrease the class size, so you need more teachers. I mean, you should have many fewer teachers in certainly all the grades leading up to university. And instead, we have more and more with fewer and fewer kids. And 
there's a reason for that, and it's not because a class size of 21 is, you know, demonstrably better than a class size of 30. No. All right, Terry, thanks for the call. I want to go to Nicola in Hawkesbury before we hit news at the bottom of the hour. Nicola, if I can get this. How about uh, Wake Me Up, there we, uh, there Evanescence? We. What about what? Wake Me Up, Evanescence. When are the Ontario people going to wake up? Oh. <laughs> I don't should... know. They're, they're, all they hear, and, and this is perhaps, you know, I, I'm at issue here as well, uh, or at fault as well, because I'm just talking about the free tuition. Who's talking about the fact that spending's up six billion higher than they were projecting a couple of years ago? Well, is Wall Street going to come in on a bond rating again, going down the, in a couple of days? Uh, it's kind of scary. Uh, it, it could happen. It's happened before, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, I don't know what happened to the separation of religion and the state. Like this climate change thing is a religion. How come I'm paying? <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. What are you talking about? <laughs> How come we're paying for other people's indulgences? Uh, all right, so tobacco taxes are going to go up. You you mentioned the um, the cap no, and didn't. trade, but tobacco yeah. taxes are going to go up $3 <laughs> a carton. Cap yeah. and trade program will add, like they said, 4.3 cents a liter to the cost of gas and uh-huh. will increase home heating costs. Uh, higher income seniors will be required to pay $70 more a year as a copay for affordable drug programs. And yeah, there will and be a newer uh, increased service fees uh, to increase revenues, including for driver's licenses. Uh, but they don't say exactly what those are going to be. But they're they're going to be dipping into our pockets, including, as you say, for their religion of global warming. Right. And we're paying uh, those that switch to gas to get away from electricity. You're not going to pay more. Gas heating. Gas heating is going to go up. Uh, yeah. Heating oil is going to go up. There's uh, no and, and electricity has already gone up. How, how she's going to... Put on, it's got to be a bizarrely designed cap-and-trade carbon tax thing for electricity not to go up because so much of our electricity does come from natural gas. So she's not going to apply that same cap-and-trade system to her own electrical system so that she can say, look, your your electricity prices are not going up. It's a shell game, Nicola. (laughs) So the terrorist thing... uh... Yeah, we got about a minute left. Give me your thoughts on the terrorist thing. Well, I'm just wondering, it's because they wanted to behead Harper. That's why they want to pardon these people. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I think it's just a, a soft on terror worldview. I was the, the first person to interview, do a sit-down interview with Prime Minister Harper after the uh, Toronto 18 plot. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the interview was already scheduled. It was a radio interview. Uh, it was already scheduled, and then that came out. And uh, I got to talk to him about it and what it was like. And he he told me it was worse on his family, them reading those headlines, than it was on him. Right. Can you imagine reading that your loved ones, somebody, a group of people want to behead your loved ones? Yeah, and the CBC too. Yeah, they wanted to blow it up. So thanks for the call, Nicola. (laughs) Bye. I'm Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow. He's vacationing, vacationing on the morning show. Stick around. We'll take more of your calls after this. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. News at the bottom of the hour on News Talk Radio 580 CFRA. A little bit of the weekend. 
Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow. We're almost at the weekend, but I'm playing this. Playing this because it's CanCon. We're playing CanCon today because I'm feeling patriotic. Despite the liberals deciding they want to gut the Citizenship Act. By the way, also playing this song because have you felt the weather outside? I can't feel my face. Nearly died on the walk over from the bunker today. Yeah, I'm chair dancing. You know it. Let's fade that out and bring up a little O Canada. Because I want to read to you, if you missed the opening of the show, I was reading off the the oath that everyone has to take when they become a Canadian citizen. I swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. That's the oath that people have to take if they're not fortunate enough to be born in Canada and become a Canadian citizen. That's the oath that Zachariah Amara took to become a citizen before he started on his path towards plotting to kill thousands of Canadians. And John McCallum's Bill C-6 that he brought in yesterday ensures that he won't have to utter those words again. He will simply be granted his citizenship back with the stroke of a pen. Or the whispering of a Trudeau, perhaps. He won't have to declare that he'll be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty. He won't have to declare that he will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill his duties as a Canadian citizen. Liberals believe that we don't need to have terrorists do that. But don't worry, they're still going to chase down old Nazis. Just in case you were worried that we weren't going to chase down old Nazis, we still will. I'm just going to quickly read to you the fact that you lose your citizenship for being fraudulent in having lied about or covered up certain things in the Immigration Act, which include committing an act outside of Canada that constitutes an offense in the Crimes Against Humanity and War Crimes Act, or being a prescribed senior official in the service of a government that, in the opinion of a minister, engages or has engaged in terrorism, systematic or gross human rights violations, genocide, or war crime. Nothing to do with just you lied and it's fraud. No, you actually have to do bad stuff. But if you attack Canada, you will no longer lose your citizenship. That's the the new the new and gentler Canada. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Want to read off a couple of numbers, or a couple of lines from Andrew Coyne's column in the National Post today about the Ontario budget. He says, the good news in this year's Ontario budget is that the budget will soon be back in balance. The bad news is that this does not actually mean anything. In its continuing efforts to wish the budget deficit away, the Wynn government has succeeded in making such terms as budget and deficit more or less incomprehensible. 
But let us pretend for a minute that we should attach some credibility to the government's numbers or that there is some real-world significance to the projection that the deficit will decline from $5.7 billion last year to $4.3 billion this year and zero the next. How is that to be achieved? The government would have you believe it is the result of rigorous control of spending. Yet spending for the coming fiscal year at $122 billion is $6 billion higher than projected two years ago. For next, it is $4 billion higher than projected last year. At roughly $8,500 per capita, spending is not only one-third higher than under Mike Harris conservatives after inflation and population growth, but it is 30% higher than under Bob Ray and the NDP. Even as a proportion of GDP, a much more forgiving standard, it is higher than in all but three years of the province's history prior to the coming of the Liberals. There is no spending control. Thus, Kathleen Wynne's desire to find new revenue tools. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Ernie in Eganville, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Yeah, good morning, Brian. I, I just uh, can't help but think that this is really only sealing uh, Kathleen Wynne another majority government because uh, basically all the young people today, and you could see like what happened in, uh, nationally when uh, everybody voted to get Harper out. I mean, this is just a way for for Wynne to get another uh, another majority because all the young people... They'll, so used they'll to just hear everything. free stuff. It's all free. Everything is free. You know, like there was a, somebody said one time, is everybody's a liberal when they're like 20 or 21, but if you're still a liberal by 45, you're an idiot. You know, and so that's what I think is... There, she's just uh, she's just looking ahead at a couple of years up the road so she can stay in power. It's all about staying in power, I think. I agree with you there, and you're right. Young people much more likely to vote for the left, and then when you start paying taxes and having responsibility, you start leaning towards more conservative positions. You know the the number one indicator of uh, of of women because women especially lean left. Yes, but they're once they have children, much more likely to vote conservative than before. That's right, yeah. because they start thinking about okay. Somebody's got to pay for all this. Somebody's got to protect my kids. And it becomes a different mentality. But young people with no uh, cares in the world, with no responsibilities, they're always going to vote for someone else to pay the bill. That's right. And that's what I look even at uh, nationally. I think what happened, too, is uh, Trudeau, he uh, often speaks before he thinks. His mouth is ahead of his his brain. And what's happening is he's made all these things like when he was in – Arguing with Harper over this Canadian citizen business, he said a Canadian's a Canadian's a Canadian, and now he's stuck with what he said, and he's you know got to bring it through, and and I think that's again politically motivated to keep him in there, because uh, most of the people again are leaning left, uh, and uh, it's going to keep him there. All right, thanks for the call, Ernie. Jonathan in Ottawa, you're calling in about religion. Yes, Brian. Your a previous caller mentioned that uh, the religion of these uh, ungodly liberals is really global warming. And and that is true. That is true. It, it is a cult. Uh, there is no global warming caused by humans. It, it is nothing but a cult to raise taxes uh, for the benefit of the liberals. And, and you know, I'm wondering, um, 
there is no such thing as separation of church and state. Uh, state is ruled by man, and religion is ruled by God. They're, they're both in the same field. You, you and, know that we don't have separation of church and state in Canada, Jonathan. That's right. I mean, we, we don't have an established religion, but the idea that we have a separation of church and state in Canada, which people keep claiming is, is false. Exactly. Our head of state is also head of the Anglican Church, and we have uh, symbols all over the place that are based in religion. I, right. I, I could do a 10-minute discussion exactly. just on that. I wish you would. In fact, you know, the, the average Canadian thinks there is such a separation. There isn't. And that's what makes me wonder, where are all the churches in this? You know, look at, look at all your callers. How many of them are ministers like myself? I'm a minister of the gospel, and I'm calling in to, to give a biblical point of view on, on these evil liberals. And where are all the churches? Why are they acting like such cowards when, when the liberals are attacking the Bible, attacking Christianity, raising taxes? Taxes destroying the, the government. Even the Bible says that high taxes are of the devil. It's in, it is oh, nothing more than I, impre- I, I don't know an, that an oppression passage. of mankind. I, I don't know that passage. I want to see yes, it. Yes, there is. There is. In, in fact, it's it, it, in many parts of the Bible. It talks about how the governments oppress the people and then call themselves benefactors. That's the word of Jesus Christ. It's actually a joke. He's making a joke about the government. He said the government raises taxes, oppress the people, and in fact. Our tax system today is, is even more wicked than what the tax collectors did in well, the time of Jesus Christ. The, and, the and fact yet, why is, why aren't the churches calling in about this? Because too many of them believe in the social gospel, Jonathan, and that's, that's why. Right. And the fact is, most families now pay more in taxes than they do for food, shelter, and clothing combined. I got to run is, now and, and and check in on the business, see if anyone's still making money. But thanks for the call. We can't play a song about a car and driving. That's just going to drive up our carbon footprint and warm the planet. That's an evil CanCon song. Bad producers. Bad producers. Killing the environment. Did you hear, by the way, that 56% of Canadians, this was a poll conducted by academics for a study co-authored by the University of Montreal. 56% of Canadians said they don't really believe that climate change is being caused mostly by man. Now, it's being reported that 44% of Canadians believe the earth is getting warmer mostly because of human activities. They're not reporting the other side because, well, that's how the media works. To your calls quickly, Don in Smith Falls calling in about relations with Iran. You're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Uh, good morning, Brian. Morning. Yes. Uh, last night I was watching the, uh, the Republican debate, mm-hmm. and uh, Senator or Governor Kasich, or Kasich or whatever his name is. Kasich, yep. Yes, he mentioned that, uh, he said last night today that Iran had uh, um, made a, a commitment to pay a martyr, uh, $7,000 to blow themselves up in Israel and $30,000 for every home that the uh, family is demolished by Israel, you know, for uh, uh, retaliation, I guess, of some sort. Um, 
Well, I, I don't know if that's true. I hadn't heard well, it I'm until now. But I, ju- I just Free, I'm uh, looking at the Washington Free Beacon right now on my iPad. Yep. And uh, Abraham uh, Rabinovich is writing about it, and it was announced by the in Beirut by the uh, Palestinian uh, uh, ambassador, and it was mentioned by Kasich on on TV last night. Uh, and I'm just wondering, would the, our government, the new government, uh, reconsider uh, <laughs> to stop? Um, of uh, going forward to uh, have relationship with, uh, our, open up normal relationship with Iran. I'm sorry for laughing at your question, Don. Yeah. Um, but that's my answer. No, <laughs> no, they're okay. not going to. They they think it's just fine. And, you know, I remember being in the scrums with Stefan Dion. Yes. He came out to speak with reporters and he kept insisting that the previous government cut off relations with Iran just based on ideology. And, and, and you refuse to acknowledge the fact that the Harper government cut off relations with Iran for a number of factors, including they were spying on Canadians. They were trying to interrupt the lives of Iranian Canadians that had come here to escape that horrible regime. Um, yeah. The fact that they call for the destruction of Israel loudly. Yes, he but now he didn't care about all of that. Now they're offering money for murder. Like It, it will it, not change. Oh, my God. This country's going to hell in a handbasket then. Thanks for the call. All right. Joan in uh, Greeley, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Yes, Brian. Thank you, first of all, for your uh, sincere dedication to our country this morning. Um, I'm kind of nervous. This is my first time calling. Easy to talk to me. (laughs) But I'm really disgusted with Justin Trudeau's uh, sunny ways and sunny days. Uh, My husband... Uh, who just recently passed, gave 37 years of his life to this country with the Canadian forces. Mm-hmm. He dedicated himself to this. Although he didn't serve in the Second World War, he did and was on standby for the Cuban Missile, missile Crisis, also for peacekeeping. And he gave the best of himself to this country. For Trudeau and the Liberals, to give this terrorist, and I won't even use his name, he doesn't deserve that respect. Okay. Um, this terrorist, to give him back his Canadian citizenship is appalling. Our government is willing to put our men and women in harm's way, and yet will give this man his Canadian citizenship back. It's disgusting, and I don't understand why people are not speaking up. I, I am so angry that the fools that are running this country are getting away with changing all of the policies that have been in place to protect our country. And I, I challenge Justin that if you, want to, you say you stand behind our troops, please stand in front of our troops. And be willing to take the shots that our men and women are being faced with. Oh, Joan, I I never like hearing, yeah, calling for leaders to do that. No, we can't do that. But I I understand your frustration. We can't can't ask our men and women to face those kind of dangers when our government won't even stand up for us. They're going to make things more more difficult. Uh, Listen, if you want to fight back, I, I invite everyone, if you're upset at this... Sign our petition at kickthemout.ca. Kickthemout.ca. Uh, it goes back a few months, but we're updating it now with these um, these changes that they announced. Thanks for the call, Joan. Thank you. All right. 
if you agree with Joan, if you don't like these citizenship changes, kick them out. Ca. Sean in Kempville, you're on the Rob Snow Show. Quick, uh, quick comment, Sean. Uh, sorry, Sean. I but, button wouldn't work. There, you're on now. Oh, I'm on now. Sorry about that, Brian. Quick, quick, Canadians, you voted the Liberals in. You got what you deserved. I told all my buddies. We all have families. We all have kids. They all voted Liberals. Now they're. They were laughing at me at first because they got Harper out, but now they're paying for the price. And Canadians, from the federal liberals to the provincial liberals, i got one word for you, boys. Bend over, Bohica, you're getting it without the Vaseline, and that's exactly what's happening. Sorry, Brian. Uh, That's not an image I need now. I'm sorry, Brian, but that's the image we got. Just look at the Ontario budget. You think we're getting screwed now? Wait till the federal budget. Just wait till that... Oh, Silver it's going to be horrible. It's going to, yeah. Thanks for the call, Sean. You're welcome. Ian in Ottawa, last word to you. Well, I think this provincial budget is just horrendously awful. It's a shell game where she's trying to look like she's making financial progress when she's doing it by selling provincial assets. And, you know, our federal and provincial and municipal debts is approaching about $1.4 trillion. And that's uh, that's 12 zeros to get to a trillion, if you want to have an idea of how big of a number that is. And it's just getting to the point where if there's an upswing in interest rates, we're going to be losing a lot of services, not so much because uh, it may be policy, but because just to keep ourselves fiscally afloat, we're going to have to be cutting services. Services that we need, that, we're, that, we, think, that we enjoy now, we are going to lose if we well, don't get ourselves in the fiscal order. Everyone, everyone likes the roads and bridges, and right now we're spending more on, uh, on interest payments. But isn't that ironic that a, that, a, that a carbon tax is going to help build better bridges and roads for those fossil-burning <laughs> vehicles? Shh. That just kills me. Don't point, out, don't point out the hypocrisy. obvious. Hypocrisy. Total <laughs> Th- hypocrisy. Thanks for the call, Ian. Oh, man. We won't, we're not done yet. we got a couple of hours left in this show, so please stick around with me. If you like what you're hearing, go on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly, and share the stories that I put up there. During the break, I'll put up last night's show from the Ezra Levant Show, where I, I took down John McCallum. The podcast is already up there. If you want to share that, share that. If you need people to see it, share the video so that they can see the lies that are being told to you. I'm Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow. News at the top of the hour. Back shortly.